Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Today, I tricked you guys and it's just a solo episode with me. Chelsea, I am missing my co-host JC today. Um, we wanted to do, we do these solo episodes every once in a while just to, you know, spice things up. So you guys are lucky you just got me today, you know? So today we are talking about sticking to your health goals. And I kind of just want to get into it, you know, and what to do when you feel stuck. So I know this might be a weird topic at this point because it's you know, coming up on the holidays and usually the whole health stuff and kicking it into gear comes in around January 1st, but we're breaking, we're breaking the stigma or whatever it's called. And we're doing it early because if you can make it through the holidays and kind of stick to a healthy routine now or get into one now, when it comes time for the new years, you're going to be feeling way more motivated and you're going to be feeling like you're one step ahead of everybody. So, so let's get into some tips for sticking to your health goals. I, for one disclaimer, am not perfect at this. Um, I am a certified health coach, so I work with clients and keep them accountable and help them achieve their health goals as well. And I've learned a lot from my clients, from just who they are as a person and seeing them have success. And it helps me truly. So I, want to go over a couple tips and talk about a couple things that kind of get in the way and make you feel stuck. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you just feel like you're in a rut. Everything seems overwhelming and daunting and you have so much to do that you like physically can't do anything. So you just do nothing. And maybe that's just me, but I'm guessing it's not. So first thing that I have said a million trillion times on this podcast is do it one step at a time. So whatever your goal is, write it down, and write out specific action steps. So this is easier when you have short-term and long-term goals. I've also said this a million times, but it's so important. And if you haven't done it yet, I seriously recommend you sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and something that you're going to see that you're not just going to put away a notebook and not find it until you clean out your room next year. Put it somewhere where you can see it and write down your short-term and long-term goals. I mean like one month, two month, three month, six month, one year, five years, 10 years, all of those goals that you have, like what do you truly see for your future? Where do you want to be? And how do you think you're going to be happy? And how are you going to find that happiness? So 
how are you going to become the best version of yourself? I know that's a lot, but if you write them down um, and you start with the long-term goals. So say you're like, okay, in 10 years, I want to have a house. I want to have $1 million. I want to have my own business. I want to work from home, whatever it is that you may want. Um, I want to have five kids. I want whatever your goals are. I want to be the best body. I want to be in the best shape I've ever been in. You know, whatever your goals may be. The most important thing is to think about your happiness first. We've also talked about this a bunch, but you have to think about your happiness and what's going to make you the happiest. So are you thinking, okay, if I have a big house and a big family and a lot of money, I'll be happy then. No, 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 honey. You still won't be happy then because you have to be happy now. So that's what I'm going to talk about here with goals is when you have goals, what's going to help them be sustainable and what's going to help you feel motivated going through and you're not going to get too discouraged is taking away the emotional attachment that you guys have to your goals. So the exact thing of saying, I'll be happy if I finally lose 10 pounds. I'll be happy if I get a big house. I'll be happy if I get a raise. Be happy now and try and find a way to be happy. That sometimes comes along with the journey. So you say like, okay, I'll be happy if you know, I make a million dollars. Then you start working, you start building your own business, and then you learn along the way, this isn't going to make me happy. I need to be happy on my own. And it needs to be something that is not dependable on outside sources. So the main difference here, and this is something I also really tell my clients and try to kind of burn into their brain at first, is when you're making goals, there's nothing wrong with it, but you don't want to have expectations. So expectations and intentions are different. Expectations and goals can be different if your goal is more of an intention. Because if you have an intention, you're going to be okay if it goes a different way because you're going to be foundationally happy and you're going to be welcoming to anything that comes your way that's a good opportunity or something that's might not be exactly what you had in mind, but you're going to be open and looking for the positive versus if you have expectations, you are literally putting exactly what you think is going to happen. Literally almost everything in life will not live up to your expectation. So if you're constantly having expectations for people around you, for things that you should be able to do in five years, for you know your workout routine or your diet, then you're going to be disappointed. And that's going to, what's the word? That's going to prohibit or that's going to, you know, stunt your growth and stunt your progress. So get rid of expectations first and foremost. That is something I learned from the four agreements is it's a book that I've talked about so many times on this podcast because it has such a good message. It's quick. It's short. You guys really need to read it. If you have not read it by now, it has changed my life. Anyways, going on from there. So when you have short-term and long-term goals and you write it down and you specify what action steps it's going to take to get you there, it's going to be so much easier to actually do it. Again, like I was saying, sometimes I feel like I have so much to do. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, so I have to be drinking water. I have to be, you know, having my lemon juice in the morning or whatever it is that people do. I need to be doing yoga. I need to be stretching. I need to be meditating. I need to be journaling. I need to be working on my spirituality. I need to be working out. I need to be going to the gym. I need to be posting on social media. I need to be working. I need to be building my business. It's like, oh my gosh, when you really start to think about it, it's so overwhelming. Sometimes if I let it just go wild in my mind, I can't, I physically just can't do anything. I just literally get on TikTok or something because I cannot, it's too daunting. And that is when you need to really break it down and say, okay, what can I do right now? 
whatever it is, just pick one thing. So if you want to, you know, work on one specific area, I would say just do one thing at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself. And once you start doing one thing and you accomplish that, you're going to have the confidence. You're going to be more motivated to do the next thing. And then, uh, you know, an object in motion stays in motion, but you just got to start. I know some people have a hard time starting and sometimes other people have a hard time finishing. So if you're somebody who has a hard time starting things, like actually getting going, and you can, you, you have confidence you can push through, but it's just getting that starting point. You just have to do the first little thing, no matter what it is. Say, okay, I'm going to get, if you want to go to the gym, okay, I'm going to go get my shoes right now. I'm going to go over to my closet, grab the shoes. Okay, next thing. Don't even worry about what's coming up next. Next thing, I'm going to put my shoes on. I'm going to put my shoes on. I'm going to tie, I'm going to tie my shoes. Okay, next thing, I'm going to get my car keys. I'm going to go to the car. And the next thing you know, you're at the gym. You're like, okay, I can do this. One thing at a time, even when you're doing your sets, like whatever you're doing when you're working out. Okay, I just have one more set, one more set. Okay, you get done with that. Okay, I have my 30-minute whatever I'm going to do. Break it down and you will feel like it's so much more attainable, so much more actionable. So that is absolutely key. And the other thing is if you have a habit that you want to really get into in the next couple months and especially in the next year to keep it going if you want if you're again like I said some people have a hard time starting and other people have a hard time finishing things I'm kind of somebody I guess I just said it sometimes it's hard for me to start but more so it's hard for me to finish things because I will start anything like oh this sounds cool let's do it and I don't finish I'm a true Aries through and through I jump from thing to thing but if you do it every single day so say you want to start meditating do it every single day. I know that sometimes you're like, okay, I'll do it two or three times a week. And that's fine. You can start small if you want to. But if you if it's something small that you, you actually can fit in every single day, I would do it every single day, especially if you if it's a habit. If it's a habit you're trying to do or a habit you're trying to break, I would do it every single day. And this for me is important because it makes you remember it. It's not just because you have to go hard and it's really going to make a difference if you do it every day. It's more for your own muscle memory. If you do it every day, you're going to keep doing it every day. If you only do it once a week and it's sporadic here and there, your body's going to forget. Your mind's going to forget. It's going to be three months. You're like, wait, it's been three months since I, you know, meditated or did my morning routine, whatever it may be. So speaking of morning routines, I think that's a really good way to do that is to do it every day. Because for me, at least, my morning is way more predictable than my night. My night can be anything. Like a friend could want to go to dinner. We could be, you know, hanging out with family. We could be working on something. We're going out. Like it's, nights are so much more crazy than my mornings. My mornings, I already know what I'm doing. So if you have something that you want to implement and you're thinking, oh, I'll do it at night. I mean, maybe right before you go to bed, but sometimes you're just so tired. So I would say, even if you're not a morning person, try to implement them in the morning and just get up and do it. And if you do miss a day, this is important. If you do miss a day, this is for me, make sure it does not turn into two days. So if you miss a day, then make sure the next day you're thinking, okay, I missed a day. It's it's okay, but I'm going to try again tomorrow. And you try again tomorrow. Try not to let it go too long. It's and It's okay. Hi guys, this is JC popping in. Hope you guys are enjoying Chelsea's solo episode. You guys thought you could get rid of me, but here I am making an appearance. I am coming to tell you guys something very important. And that is the fact that so many feminine care brands 
are filled with toxic and nasty chemicals and ingredients. You guys, this is something I've just now started to be mindful of. And I am shocked that we just willingly put things into our body that have gross ingredients in them. So L, that is the letter L, is a period and personal care company focused on giving you organic period care products without the organic prices. L makes tampons, pads, and liners with organic cotton because they believe that a natural product just makes sense for a natural process. Amen to that. So they do not use pesticides, chlorine, fragrances, or dyes in their products, which is very important. And for every L product you purchase, one is made accessible to a girl who needs it. To date, they have made over 200 million products accessible and counting, which is so amazing. And when you get L, you are part of helping that movement grow, which is something really special. I really respect and love companies who are making a difference in this world for their customers and also just for people in need. So I'm very grateful to be partnered with this brand. You will find Elle by going to your local Target. I know you guys are headed there for the holidays. So it is the cutest packaging. Look for a clear canister with the gold lid or the white bags with the large gold circle on the front. Or you can get your L organic tampons, pads, and liners right now by going to thisisl.com slash what we said. That is thisisl.com slash what we said. The words this is and the letter L.com slash what we said. Something that works for a morning routine or something that you're wanting to do every day, but it's hard in the beginning to really push through, especially when you're like, okay, I'm gonna journal every single morning. I'm gonna write down things I have to do. And I'm going to write down my gratitude. I'm going to record what I did the day before. And you're so motivated. You get a cute journal. You're going through, you know, a week that you do it every single day. And the excitement kind of dies down. No one's talking about New Year's resolutions anymore. You're just like, "Eh, do I really need to do it? So then you miss a day and then it turns into two days. And then you wake up in the morning. You're just like, I really don't want to. I don't really care. So this is when I start to implement the five-second rule for you non-finishers like me. The five-second rule by Mel Robbins. It's a book and it talks about how she uses a five-second rule literally to accomplish things during the day. I am not good at finishing things. I get too distracted. I get bored. I want to move on to the next thing. And then I actually look back and I'm like, wait, I didn't even finish that. What the heck? So sometimes using this five-second rule works like a freaking charm. Actually, not even sometimes, most of the time. So the five-second rule, let me give you an example. If you haven't heard it before, and I feel like I'm a broken record talking about this, but seriously, will change your life if you try it. So especially in the morning, maybe you can't wake up in the morning. Okay, you wake up and you're like, I'm going to push the snooze button. I'm exhausted. It's okay. I just want to lay in bed. I don't want to get up. The five-second rule would be, Okay, I'm going to count down from five in my head. Five, four, three, two, one, shoot up out of bed. And you just have to physically do it and don't let your mind talk you out of it. So the counting down from five is scientifically something. It really tricks your brain so that you don't have time because you're thinking of the numbers. And once it gets to one, it's just an automatic reaction to shoot up and do whatever it is. So even if you're at an event and you're like, I really should talk to them. And you're like, I need to network, but this is me. I really don't want to talk to them. I just want to stay in my corner, be by myself, but I know I should go meet people. So I go five, four, three, two, one. My body just starts moving towards them. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're talking. I guess I got to make something up. And then it's always a good experience. So you can do that with anything. So kind of like what I was just saying, breaking it down and you can use the five second rule to get those things done. So if it is your morning routine, 
wake up, five, four, three, two, one, wake up, five, four, three, two, one, grab your journal, five, four, three, two, one, go on that walk. For me, I like, I know I've talked about my morning routine before, but I like to take a walk. I like to walk my dog in the morning. I like to do like a 10 minute yoga stretch that really like wakes up my body. I'm feeling grounded. I like to sit in silence. I make sure that I start my day with a smile and like lean over, kiss my husband, say good morning so that I'm like starting the day with positive energy and I wash my face. I do all, you know, I do all the things. And sometimes I like to trick my mind because I'm pretty sure everybody goes through this where you just really don't want to do something like, oh my gosh, you know, it's good for you, but you just really don't want to do you just don't want to do it, you know? So like maybe you're laying in bed and you say your prayers at night and you're like, I really, really, really don't want to kneel down and pray. Is one night fine? Yeah, I think I'm just going to go to bed. Those are the moments you go five, four, three, two, one, get up and pray. Sometimes I even trick my mind and think like, okay, you just said in your mind, I really don't want to do this. That means like my body muscle memory remembers that when I say something like that, I really need to do it. So it kind of like triggers me into being like, okay, I just said the you know, magic words. And now I really have to do it. Like, I really don't want to get up and take my dog on a walk today. It's like, you know what? You really should. If you're going to start your day with that mindset, you really need a walk. So personally for me, morning routine is key. You can do it at night. You know, you know yourself best, but something in the morning, if you want to be, if you want to have a healthy morning. So a good idea for a morning routine, wake right up. First of all, don't let yourself snooze. Do the five, four, three, two, one, get your stupid butt. No, I'm kidding. You're not stupid. You're great. Wake up, get up, just start moving because as soon as you start moving around, you're not going to be tired anymore. I know it feels dreadful those first couple minutes, but as you start just walking around, even if you're a zombie, walk outside maybe, like let the sun hit your face and then you'll be up. I know this, a dog helps me because when we don't have a backyard and I have to get up to let my dog and like put her on a leash and take her outside to go to the bathroom in the morning, I'm so tired. I'm like, are you serious? And then as soon as I get outside, I'm awake and I'm ready to go. So something that wakes your body up in the morning, I would include if you're looking for like a good recipe for a good morning routine, maybe splash your face with water, stretch, walk, maybe something to ground you. So meditation, maybe a walk again in silence, um, or even just sitting in silence, journaling, like um, gratitude, reading maybe. And then finally, like eat something healthy, but filling If you are a breakfast person, I personally don't like to eat breakfast super early. I usually wait till like 10 or 11. That's just how my body works. I like to do a little bit of intermittent fasting just because my body feels better that way. I don't really like breakfast super early. It makes me kind of sick. So, but I like to eat something filling, not something that's just going to, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and be healthy today. And then I start out and I'm already hungry. No, I need a good filling breakfast, something that's going to hold me over, but not something that's going to make me feel like bloated already. Something that's like nutrient dense, if you know what I'm saying. So maybe that's a healthy fat or something like that. I love an avocado toast in the morning. I love oatmeal in the morning. I love almond butter toast in the morning with some bananas. I love a good thick smoothie. I like my smoothies thick. And I would say for any kind of healthy habit that you're trying to either stick with or that you're trying to develop, I would say find a way to enjoy it. Like, I know that sounds kind of dumb, but if you just try and find a way to love it, 
you're going to be more motivated to do it if you hate it and it's just miserable every single time you do it. It's not going to be a sustainable thing. You cannot do that for the rest of your life. You will not. You will not allow yourself. I don't care who you are or how much you think you don't like yourself. You will not let yourself do something that you absolutely hate for too long. It won't stick. So you have to make yourself enjoy it. Find a way that it motivates you. So if you want to journal every morning, for example, I don't know why I keep going back to journaling, but maybe like get a cute journal or a fun pen. If you want to do yoga in the morning, write down or like pay attention to the positive benefits you notice. Like find ways to really appreciate it and to really enjoy it. So for me, that's like diving into the knowledge of it. So if I, for example, eating healthy foods is enjoyable for me because I know what good it's doing for my body. Like knowledge is seriously power. That's a good way to find a way to enjoy it. Or if you like certain exercise, like really look into why it's so good for you. And it's a good motivating factor. Um, the next is super important. It might be the most important, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rank these, but accountability is so key. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a health coach. The reason it works is because accountability is so important to accomplishing your goals. I don't care who you are. No matter if it's your, you're holding yourself accountable or someone else is holding you accountable, it's going to help you get there. So preferably you want to have somebody who is going to stick to it and actually hold you accountable. So um, I would say you have to figure out how you are held accountable most. So whether that's, you know, yourself, you can easily, if you set a New Year's resolution, you know you're going to do it. That's fine. But you're probably not even really listening to this episode. If that's you, that's a rare breed. But if you're motivated by other people, like if if someone says at work, you need to do this by this day, you're like, I will do it. I will uphold that. That's great. So then you can have somebody else, maybe hire somebody. I mean, I'm not saying hire a health coach, but it does help or hire, even just have one of your friends who's going to actually take it seriously. Maybe not your mom or someone who's going to be like, you're fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't want like a teacher or something to punish you, but you want somebody who you're going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to catch up with this person in a week. I really want to be able to say that I did this for them, for myself. So having someone that you're you're held accountable to, even a gym buddy who's going to, or like a personal trainer or somebody that you have that is going to hold you accountable. So I would definitely think about that in the upcoming year if you want to, you know, find a friend. Find even like your Facebook page or Instagram. Social media is a great way for that. Even if you want to tell your followers, um, that's a little risky because some of them might hold you too accountable. But having a little bit of a community is so key to accomplishing goals, especially when it comes to health goals, because you're going to feel like you're supported and like you're part of a community. So even when you're like rationalizing quitting, if you have people around you that you're like talking about that too, saying like, I really just don't want to do it anymore. You're kind of realizing as you're saying it, like, wow, I'm being kind of whiny. I should just keep going. Why am I saying this? And to the person you're being, who's holding you accountable, you're going to say, yeah, it was just too hard. And you're like saying the excuses to them. And you're like, those aren't good excuses. I need to be better. It's just good to have like a sounding board to help you figure it out. Because most of the time, it's not even that you need someone to tell you what to do, but most of the time you just need, you just need somebody to let you figure it out with them. So being a sounding board and letting you just figure it out for yourself. Most people being, meaning you who's listening to this, most people know what they need to do. Like deep down, they really know what they need to do. And like following your gut, you, you know yourself the best, you know how you work, you know how you tick, you know what you're capable of. And just believe in yourself. Like deep down, you want to 
believe in yourself. And this is really good if you're feeling stuck and discouraged. Actually, something JC and I were talking about yesterday, and we're actually in the car with um, Beth and Leif. Beth is JC's assistant. And JC was saying, I like people who, when I talk to them, they don't give me that self-help crap where it's just like, you're perfect the way you are, this and that. Like, I like people to give me, like, I like straight shooters. I like people who are going to tell me how it is. They're going to say, stop making excuses, get up and do it. And they're going to push me and they're not going to baby me. And I was saying, yeah, I completely agree. I like that too. But then at the same time, there are times when I, that doesn't help me at all. And then there are times when I do need somebody to just listen to me and validate me. And like, I need someone to just sit there and like, allow me to have the space to maybe complain or vent or whatever it is that I need to do to like figure it out. And then as I'm saying it, I know what I need to do. I just need somebody to like beat. I just need support, you know? So sometimes you need both. You need a little bit of both. And I know this is kind of a rant, but this is just interesting thing we were talking about. And I was saying a lot of people, if you look around at the people in your life, you'll have one of those people who is, you know, you can always bet that they're going to tell you what they think you should do. And they're going to tell you the truth. You can always depend on them to motivate you and to push you past your limits, even if it's uncomfortable. Then you also have those people in your life who are not going to do that, but they're going to allow you to be vulnerable. They're going to allow you to feel safe and they're going to allow you to kind of work it out on yourself and they're just going to listen to you. Neither of them are bad or good. They're both you just need a good balance of those. So finding like both of those people, maybe, I don't know, this wasn't even part of my point that I had planned, but it's just a very interesting topic that we were talking about. And Leif was in the car and he said, you know, who's a perfect example of that? Jesus. Jesus Christ is a perfect example of that. And like, if you look at the way that he lived his life and how he helped people, he, he was a perfect balance of that. So I think honestly, like when you're thinking about how to deal with yourself when you're feeling discouraged or you want to quit or you have something that comes in the way and you get off track thinking literally like what would Jesus do like i need to be straight to the point i need to be you know held accountable i need to be pushed but i also need to be validated and i need to be accepted and a lot of times we don't we we might be able to do that for others but we need to be able to do that for ourselves so it's hard to give ourselves the same kind of I don't know, patience and the same kind of space that we allow others to ourselves to like make mistakes and to learn and to like have time to actually work things out. Because again, things don't always go as we expect them to. So, and kind of going off of that, and a big reason that we do get stuck, or at least that I've gotten stuck in the past, is um, because once we mess up, we kind of get off track. All right. The holidays are approaching so quickly, you guys. I cannot wait. Just last night, I started writing down a list of gift ideas for people in my life, and I am really excited for December. I think we can all agree, though, that men are the hardest to shop for, for holidays or for any occasion for that matter. I always have such a hard time just knowing, like, what to get my dad, my brothers, and even life is hard to shop for for me, too. So this is why I'm very excited that we're working with Dollar Shave Club because I really feel like this is such a good gift for men and at a good price point. So Dollar Shave Club are the guys who deliver amazing razors and grooming products to millions of men and women around the country. Um, We actually just found out that a lot of women use these products, which makes sense because I steal Leif's razor all the time. I swear men's razors are better than women's. They have a bunch of different gift options. Their Ultimate Shave Gift Set, it comes with a six-blade razor, four replacement cartridges, exfoliating prep scrub, shave butter, 
and a post-shave do to prevent irritation. So I have to say, Leif just received the Ultimate Shave Kit in the mail, and first of all, he was so excited to receive it. And after he used it, I made sure to go into the bathroom and asked him for an honest review of this product, and he said that he absolutely loved it. Chelsea's husband, Nick, also just got to test it out, and he has a very thick beard, and he loved it as well. So I think that says something. They also have this new thing called a Roblancho. It's a robe, a poncho, and a blanket all in one. It is very nifty, you guys. I think either of these would be such a great gift. And they also have even more products on their site. So if you are stressing about a gift for a man in your life, I think Dollar Shave Club is a very, very good option. You guys should definitely check it out. You can check out Dollar Shave Club's holiday gift selection right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash what we said. Order before December 18th to arrive by the 24th with free shipping. These gift sets are limited and they will sell out. That is dollarshaveclub.com slash what we said. dollarshaveclub.com slash what we said. Go get your man some razors. This is where shame comes in because there's a whole cycle about shame and especially when it comes to health. If you're feeling unhealthy and you're feeling like it's affecting the way that you're looking at yourself and your body image and like I've definitely been there where I do things and I mess up and I do something quote unquote bad and I eat bad that day and then I'm so shameful like I can't even I can't even believe I'm just feel like an idiot. I just feel embarrassed to myself. I'm like come on, you like I knew you would I knew you would mess up and it will wreck you. If you carry shame around with you for things that you've done, it's just like weighing you down and it's causing you so much anxiety and unnecessary negative emotions. It's like it's just holding you back. Those feelings are just not coming from a pure place. Then they're not coming from like a just a good source. So I'm going to just read this little excerpt from Psychology Today that I got offline that I read that I was like, this is actually a really good way to explain kind of what I was feeling about this because I feel like when it comes to habits, it's not so surface level. It comes down to like JC always says, like making yourself proud. It comes down to how you really feel about yourself. I feel like everything kind of comes down to that, like your relationship with yourself and how you talk to yourself and um, how you deal with things and your vices and like all that crap. And shame is such a huge thing that everybody deals with. And we've been like programmed to have that in our lives. And sometimes we think, oh, it's a good thing. But let me read this little excerpt. So healthy shame and toxic shame. In their world, healthy shame describes the feeling of I have done something that goes against my core values and beliefs, and I feel badly about it. So that's healthy shame. While toxic shame describes the feeling of, I am inherently flawed and defective, and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And basically, this is the difference between I did something bad and I am bad. And then they continue, in my practice, I know that shame is an issue as soon as a client starts talking about the negative tapes that play in his or her head or the committee, quote unquote, that meets between his or her ears and discusses his or her worth unworthiness at every turn or the gremlins that live in his or her school and shout, well, you really screwed that one up. Essentially, these tapes, committees, and gremlins are shame in action. The primary way in which a person's inherent belief that he or she is defective, flawed, bad, not good enough, and therefore not deserving of love and happiness is reinforced over and over again. So, end quote. I know I have felt shame in so many different ways from different things, and especially when it comes to health. I feel like I've said this before, but it's a bad cycle because you're, you you can't get out of the shame and guilt cycle. And 
And like I said, there or like this states, like health, there is a healthy shame where it's like, okay, I did something bad. Um, I did something that goes against who I really am and I need to fix it. I need to continue. And then the bad shame is I've had that voice in my head telling me like, well, that's what I thought. You just messed it up again. Oh, just what I thought. You did exactly what you did last time. Like, when will you learn? And I've had those horrible thoughts, like just constantly judging everything that I'm doing and telling me I'm bad. I am defective. Like there's something wrong with me. Why am I not like doing this? Other people make it look so easy. How are they going to the gym every day? How are they doing all of this stuff? And that's shame at its best. That is shame getting the absolute best of you. And it's not very motivating. I can tell you that much. The most important thing to do with shame is, first of all, talking about it with someone that you trust because shame is something that you want to hide. And that's when you start to draw away and distance yourself from people and from activities and from things that you love. And it just, again, it throws you back into the cycle, but it just thrives when it's hidden and and when it thrives when it's like in the dark and it can shift with help from being the, I, you know, I am bad into, I did something bad and you can work with that. That is something that you can work with the, I did something bad, but that's not who I am. So knowing that, that you're not bad at heart, like that, that you're not a bad person is freeing, first of all, and it's important to know. And like I said, talking about it with somebody that you trust and like bringing it to the light that's going to make shame disappear. That's going to make it shift. That's going to make yourself feel more motivated and it's going to not feel so overwhelming and it's going to start feeling possible to come back. So really being vulnerable is important in those first stages of overcoming shame. And it does, I mean, I'm talking about specifically health things, but this literally can apply to any, you know, part of your life. And no matter how far you've gone off track, you can get back. There's no corner dark enough that the light cannot reach. So just head towards the light. Um, The whole off track analogy too, I will say, when people say, okay, I got off track. I, I, I like to think of it a little differently because to me, as I think about it, I'm like times in my life where I've been quote unquote off track, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm off track. Like I don't feel like this is not where I'm supposed to be. It's like, it's just, it's on my track. It's on, and it might be bumpy in some areas and I can't like see ahead of me and maybe there are a bunch of trees and maybe there's a literal storm or a hurricane sometimes it feels like, but it's still my track and you just got to keep going and persevere through it and like be resilient and keep heading down your track. Don't, some. it's not really getting off track for me. It's like when you're really, down, you're going to sit down and just be like, I'm done. Or you're going to turn around on your track. You're just going to give up. That's getting off track to me when you just get up. But when you're going through hard times, that's not going off track. That's just pushing through and trying to do your best. And if you're doing your best, you know, maybe you're going to turn a corner and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I'm going. This road is horrible. And then you're going to turn around and it's going to be the best view you've ever seen. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I was this close. This makes sense. Like it all makes sense now looking back. So. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a dumb analogy, but that's just how I like to think about it because I feel like when you're off track, it kind of adds to the shame. It kind of adds like, oh, I'm so dumb. I got off track. Well, maybe you're just on 
your own track. So don't sit down. Don't give up. Don't turn around and go back home. Just keep doing your best. That's the other thing is if you just do your best, you can't be mad at yourself. If you're actually trying your best, and this is another one of the four agreements, if you're actually just trying your best, you cannot be mad at yourself because you're doing everything that you possibly can and you're trying your absolute hardest to accomplish something. And if again, if it doesn't go as planned, that's where the whole expectations versus intentions come in because if you're expecting something to work out exactly that way, but you're trying your best, you're going to be disappointed. And it's like, what the heck are you supposed to do? That's all you can do. So if you have an intention like, hey, I really want to, you know, have this certain thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about like numbers when it comes to numbers, because that's something that people put expectations on, whether it's like an amount of money, amount of followers, a certain weight, some like numbers like that are so like out of your control. It's kind of horrible to have like an expectation of, you know, a certain amount of money you're going to make or a certain um, amount of weight that you want to lose or a certain amount of followers that you have because with money, it's like, it's so not dependent. I mean, you can save and you can get about, but again, it's an intention. Like I intend to save. And when things come up, you're going to be understanding and you're going to keep doing your best and you're not going to feel discouraged and completely disappointed. I know I've had expectations when it comes to money things and financial things. And and finances is something that I'm really learning how to handle because I don't feel like I learned very much growing up, like how to, I mean, I don't think really anybody did. I didn't take any classes on that, on financial applications or anything. And my parents taught me a little bit, but like going into being an adult, I was just like, okay, what's credit? First of all, Um, I don't know how to save because I just want to spend my money because I'm used to spending my money on clothes or whatever, like, because I didn't have actual bills to pay when I was like living in my parents' house. And then as soon as I started having to pay my phone bills and all that stuff, it was so overwhelming and I get so discouraged. And that's one area that I've now been focusing on. I feel like I've gone through my health, you know, journey. And now I'm on like my financial journey. Again, this goes back to like having all areas of your life balanced and nourishing them. And I feel like right now I'm really trying to nourish that area. And like, not like I'm like, okay, I'm trying to nurse the area and become a millionaire. It's just, I'm trying to have a good relationship with money and feel like it's not controlling me and I am controlling it. And I'm not, I'm controlling it, but that it doesn't like completely control my life and cause so much stress and anxiety because it's so unknown, you know, like money is, even if you have a certain amount coming in every month, it's something that you absolutely can't 100% guarantee, you know, things come up. It's just like, just like followers. Like if you're wanting a certain amount of followers or, you know, you're comparing yourself and you're trying to build, you know, say you're trying to build your brand online and you're like, oh my gosh, how did these people get this many views on YouTube? How many like followers they have? Look at that. Oh my gosh, I can, I will never be like that. I want to have this many followers and like, why don't I have this? It's the same thing as weight. Like when you're like, oh, I want to be, you know, say you want to be 130 pounds and you have 20 pounds to go. And you're like, oh, please, like, why am I, you're doing everything again. You're going to the gym, you're taking care of yourself. You're happy, but you're still, you know, 138 pounds, but you're, you're, he- you're healthy and you're feeling good. If you're going into it and you're taking away the emotion out of it, same thing with money, same with followers, you're just trying your best, you know, that amount of followers is going to be okay. And you're going to be 
happy with your progress because you're focused on the process. And same thing with money. You're like, I'm trying my best. I might not have the exact amount of money I wanted or, you know, I might not have this job that's giving me this amount of salary, but I'm trying my best and I'm I'm loving the process of having a good relationship with money or I'm loving the process of feeling healthy and nourishing my body and showing my body like it's love language, which is treating it right with things I put into it and things that I eat and, and the way that I move it every single day. So to kind of wrap this up and bring it full circle here, when you take shame out of the equation and you stop telling that part of you that's judging you and you make that part of you not who you innately are and that's just a thought that comes into your head, like you are not those thoughts. You are not bad because you have these thoughts. You are trying your best. And if you're trying your best and things are not going as you plan, I feel you. Trust me. I feel you. It's hard, but when you look back at it, it's going to be okay and you're going to learn those lessons. And the other thing is, is make sure you learn the lesson. I know I've gone through things and I'm like, oh, this will be such a good lesson. And then I don't actually apply it. And then a while later, I'm like, wait, why am I going through the same thing again? And then I'm realizing, oh, I didn't actually make any changes. I just thought like, oh, this will be a good lesson. You know, I need to apply these things. I need to start setting goals. I need to write them down. I need to be held accountable. I need to stop putting so much emotion into things and take the shame out of things when I'm when things don't go as planned and and have patience for myself and have understanding for myself and also have that motivation to make myself proud and to keep going and to take it step by step and, you know, motion, uh, object in motion stays in motion. Um Sticking to your health goals or any kind of goals for that matter is difficult. And I promise you, you will always have times where it seems absolutely impossible or it feels overwhelming to keep going or even to start, or maybe it seems pointless, but just remember to be patient. I love the quote, you don't get the fruit the same day you plant the seed. So plant the seed today. You'll be happy you did. Think about a year from now. You know, last time I did a solo episode, I ended it with a little exercise. So maybe let's do that. So think about something that you wish you would have started a year ago. So say a savings account. Say a year ago, think of where you were a year ago. Say, I wish I would have started learning how to play the piano because by now I would probably be able to play the piano pretty well. Or maybe I wish I really would have started running every day or whatever. I wish I would have started journaling. I wish I would have started being nice to my husband. Or I wish I would have started being, you know, more patient with my kids or listening better. Whatever it is, start today. And think about in a year from now, what will I be so happy that I started today? What will I be so happy? What fruits will I see from the seeds that I plant today? It's probably the same exact thing. It's probably starting a savings account. It's probably being kinder to people in your life. It's probably learning how to do something you've always wanted to do. Maybe it's literally quitting your job. I don't know. I, mean, I know it's a classic thing where it's like, do what you want, quit your job. But I'm just saying, like, maybe it's something very tiny that you wish you would have done a year ago. Maybe it's like, I really wish I would have started gardening a year ago. Maybe it's something huge. Like maybe it's like, I wish I would have started my spiritual journey a year ago. Maybe like, I wish I would have started going to church a year ago, or maybe I wish I would have like been honest with somebody a year ago. And now today, a year from now, I will be so happy that I was honest with that person and told them how I felt. Or I wish 
a year from now, I will be so happy that I, you know, started to build this garden, whatever it is. So with that in mind, when the new year's coming up and you're going through the holidays and you're with your family and you're celebrating and you're feeling grateful when it comes Thanksgiving time and whatever holidays that you celebrate and you're feeling this warmth, just keep that with you and don't let it necessarily distract you from the other things in life. I know sometimes we can really distract ourselves from things that are maybe not something so fun when we have so many fun things to do because I I promise as soon as it's over, you're going to wish you would have stuck with it. So just keep that going. Keep it. Just push through. Find somebody to hold you accountable. And I hope you got a little bit of something during this episode. I hope I hope you got some tips that you could take away. Again, when I'm by myself, I kind of feel like I'm rambling. Um, we missed JC on this episode, but I hope that you guys have, you know, a good rest of your Tuesday. And if you want to follow our Instagram at what we said podcast, go ahead and do that because you have a chance to see the behind the scenes of certain things. You have the chance to answer questions or send in stories. I know you guys have heard our crazy story episodes where we talk about like wedding horror stories or worst kiss stories or whatever it may be. So make sure to follow us there. And if you want to be a real gem, leave a rating and review on our podcast on the Apple podcast app. It takes like two seconds and we really, really appreciate it. It helps us grow because when other people look at our podcast who maybe don't know about it, they'll read the reviews and be like, oh, you know, this sounds okay. And they'll give us a shot. And then more people are in the fam. It's just a big, happy family. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Chelsea Jade Curtis and Chelsea is spelled E-Y in case you guys didn't know. I know some of you guys mess it up, but I understand the autocorrect does that. It's fine. I also have a website, um, ChelseaJade.com, where I have a book about transitioning into a plant-based diet and kind of the same thing of like nourishing all areas of your life and kind of how to stay on track there. So if you want to buy that, go right ahead and shop on my website. And I'll link that in the description as well. You guys are awesome. Seriously, I get so overwhelmed when I think about this podcast and everything that it has brought me and the opportunities it's given me to connect and hear from different people and talk to all of you guys, um, whether it's just over DM or if I meet you somewhere. And I just want you to know that this literally would not be possible without you guys. And I am trying not to cry this episode because I feel like I've been crying nonstop in these episodes lately. And it's just, maybe they're not even up yet, but I've just been crying all the time. I'm feeling grateful, get overwhelmed. And really life is good when you really think about it and you look for the good. And I truly, truly believe that. So with that being said, I love you guys. And that's what I said. Bye. Bye.